Good morning. And welcome. The Lord be with you. And grace and peace to us all. In the name of Christ our Lord. It is Christ who's given us the gift of this day, and Christ who's given us this time and place to worship. And to Christ we give thanks. We give thanks for this time uh, to share with each of you as well, especially those who may be visiting, those guests and visitors who are with us. We thank you for sharing in worship at First Church this morning, and want you to know you bless us with your presence. I also remind you we find some registration pads in our pews. They are helpful to us as you sign those to let us know you've shared in worship at First Church this morning. I would also call to our attention those opportunities for service and gathering that are before us, reminding us of the opportunities with the Lunch Bunch each Tuesday and Thursday, volunteers always helpful for those ministries, reminding you that next Saturday, the ministry of the Lunch Bunch and Clothes Closet uh, takes place in the Uptown Ministry Center beginning at 8.30 in the morning. Uh, we also see some meetings that are before us this week with Staff Parish and uh, Faith Development and Finance as well has been rescheduled for this week. A reminder as well that in a few weeks there will be the ministry of the Martinsville Community Care Collaborative. This will be the third time we've hosted this ministry. Uh, we will host it on November the 3rd, Saturday, uh, in the Uptown Ministry Center. Uh, it's been a wonderful experience and there uh, is a great need for volunteers just to, to help the clients go from one station to another. So there's opportunity to sign up and volunteer for that. And I encourage you to do so, knowing that that is a wonderful ministry uh, that we are blessed to host. As we worship this morning, perhaps you wonder about the bulletin cover art. Uh, that is our friend Job that we see there. Uh, we're going to spend some time with Job and, and his witness. Uh, we are aware of his sufferings, but we also find good news in the witness that he offers. And as we prepare to worship God together, I will invite us to attend to the music that is before us.
I invite us to stand our call to worship before us. Come to Christ, that living stone, rejected by the world, but in God's sight chosen and precious. Once we were no people, but now we are God's people, called out of the darkness into God's marvelous light. Therefore, we sing with the church in all ages. We go to God as we pray. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, may we seek you and find you. May we knock and the door be opened, for we are travelers looking for your kingdom. As we encounter suffering in this world, turn our hearts, our ears, our eyes, our souls toward Christ, who emptied himself and was tempted and suffered for us, even giving his own life. In this suffering, plant seeds of hope and let us never stray so far into despair that we forget the resurrection of Christ and the power of his spirit. Amen. I will offer a prayer for illumination and then go to the New Testament reading from Hebrews and then we will stand and sing Precious Lord. Let us pray. Lord, pour your spirit upon us. Help us to know as you speak your word, you give to us life, you give to us light, you give to us the assurance of your presence, that you comfort and encourage us as your word is proclaimed. We pray in the name of Christ our Lord. Amen. We will share Hebrews chapter 4, verses 14 through 16, verses 14 through 16. Since then, we have a great high priest 
who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession, for we have not a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. This is the word of our Lord. We stand as we sing.
to invite our children to come forward. We share in our children's time now. We did. Okay. Good morning. It is always wonderful to see you. And I thank you for coming forward and sharing in our time of worship this morning. And I will ask you, what was the weather like when you got here this morning? A little rainy, a little chilly, and wet. How's, how's the weather been the past few days? Rain. Flooding. Okay. Didn't, you don't have any power. Okay. Anyone lost power the past... Okay, we lost power, power's back on. It's been a kind of rough few days, hasn't it? And, and even now you can tell, uh, it's, it's still kind of dreary and damp outside and cool and just kind of one of those days it's like, wow, it's just maybe sometimes, you know, our, our, our feelings match the weather and if it's dreary and cold outside, we may not feel real happy and peppy and excited. Um, and sometimes, you know, when the sun is shining and it's warm and we're able to go outside and run and play, we may, we may feel better. And sometimes that's, it's that way with our faith. Sometimes when, when things are going real well and, and we're just happy and, and we feel good and, and we were able to run outside and enjoy ourselves, sometimes that, that may be how we feel with our faith. It's like things are going real well, so thank you, Lord. I'm happy with you, Lord, and just thank you for all my blessings. And then sometimes with days like these past few days, if it's dark inside and it's cool, and you have to get the umbrella and the jacket. It's like, wow. I may not just feel so inspired. Do you all ever have those days? Sometimes we do. 
that when things are going real well, it's, it's easy for us to, to believe and to sing and to pray and to thank God. And then sometimes it may not be that easy and we just kind of feel like there's a cloud over our head. Well, the good news is we're not alone in that. We read in the Bible and we have these wonderful songs of praise and we have these hymns like we just heard where, where Paul is speaking of grace and blessing. But then we also have those words that, that kind of feel like, you know, God, sometimes life is rough. And so today we're going to hear from a person named Job. Has anyone heard of Job? He's, he's someone we meet in the Old Testament. And Job is someone who suffers. And it tries his faith. And we read Job and we realize, you know, sometimes, again, when, when things are going well, it's easy, it may be easy for us to believe. But when things don't go so well, it may not be that easy. So it's good to know that we have someone like Job who's able to understand that sometimes life is rough and sometimes it's cloudy and damp and it may not be so easy to believe. But we will find as we spend time with Job that Job's word to us is, is God is with us. When the sun is shining and when we're able to go outside and play, but God is also with us on days kind of like this, and days these past few days where we've lost power and been in the dark. God is with us just as much as he is. Uh, as he's with us when things are going well. So I'm thankful for that witness of Scripture, that assurance that whatever the day may bring, there is the promise that God is with us. Okay. So I'm going to pray and ask you to pray with me. We thank you, Lord, that you are always with us in good times and in bad times. We thank you that you never let us go and you're with us always. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, children. It's been, it's been an interesting few days. We do remember our neighbors, uh, far and wide, who still suffer with the effects of, of Hurricane Michael. And we share from the Old Testament book of Job, chapter 23, verses 1 through 17. Let us hear the word of God. Then Job answered, Today also my complaint is bitter. His hand is heavy in spite of my groaning. Oh, that I knew where I might find him, that I might come even to his seat. I would lay my case before him and fill my mouth with arguments. I would learn what he would answer me and understand what he would say to me. Would he contend with me in the greatness of his power? No, he would give heed to me. There an upright man could reason with him, and I should be acquitted forever by my judge. Behold, I go forward, but he is not there. And backward, but I cannot perceive him. On the left hand I seek him, but I cannot behold him. I turn to the right hand, but I cannot see him. But he knows the way that I take. When he has tried me, I shall come forth as gold. My foot is held fast to his steps. I have, not, I have kept his way and have not turned aside. I have not departed from the commandment of his lips. I have treasured in my bosom the words of his mouth. But he is unchangeable, and who can turn him? What he desires, that he does." For he will complete what he appoints for me, and many such things are in his mind. Therefore I am terrified at his presence, when I consider I am in dread of him. God has made my heart faint, the Almighty has terrified me. For I am hemmed in by darkness, and a thick darkness covers my face. This is the word of our Lord. Well, I confess to you that I had not planned on preaching from the book of Job this morning. When I planned my preaching schedule a few months ago, I had chosen another passage of Scripture for this time of worship. It was a passage from the Gospel of Mark, from the lectionary, from Scripture assigned to this particular Sunday of the church year. However, I found this scripture I had chosen for today months ago to be scripture very similar to that which I had chosen from the Gospel of Matthew, and it's, it's a passage that we had shared 
during our stewardship campaign. So given the, the, pas- the similarity between those two passages, I decided not to preach from the Gospel of Mark, so I looked at other lectionary passages assigned to this day, looked at other passages of Scripture, I looked at the psalm chosen for the day, looked at the New Testament lesson, and looked at the Old Testament lesson, and the Old Testament lesson assigned to this day is Job. No, I hadn't planned on preaching from Job. I didn't have to preach from Job. I was more than free to decide not to preach from Job, to choose any of the countless passages of Scripture from the Bible. Still, I chose Job. Because I know, as you know, there are just those times we need to spend in the company of Job. It may be we know the story of Job, Perhaps we remember this man from the land of Uz. He was a man blameless and upright, one who feared God and turned away from evil. It may be we recall a conversation between God and the adversary or the Satan. It's a conversation in which God brags to Satan about what a good and virtuous man Job is. Satan is not impressed. He basically says to God, well, who wouldn't be a good and virtuous man if he lived the life of Job? I mean, Job's got it made. He's got plenty of land, he's got plenty of livestock, a wonderful family. I mean, what reason has Job to live a miserable and unfaithful life? Well, sorry to say at this point, I understand these sentiments of Satan. I mean, I know it's easy to have faith when there's every reason to have faith. And I know well the experience of of driving down the highway and and having some new, beautiful, shiny, lengthy, luxury car drive past me, and on its bumper sticker or its license plate, it offers some glowing tribute to the Lord. And I think to myself, well, if I was driving that, I'd be on pretty good terms with Jesus too. I know that doesn't flatter me, but tell me I'm not the only one. You're the only one. No, I'm the only one. Okay, sorry. So yes, I I understand these sentiments of Satan. Sentiments basically saying, sure, it's easy for Job to be in right relationship with his Lord when his cup of blessing overflows, but you start emptying that cup and see how Job feels about his Lord then. So the Lord says to Satan, it's a deal. Do as you wish with Job, just Don't take his life. So begins this story, we may recall, this story in which the faithfulness and righteousness of Job serves as something of a wager between the Lord and Satan. A story in which Job experiences great loss, tremendous grief, terrible suffering, a total re-evaluation of his relationship with his God. There are those times we need to spend with Job. Not that we are in any hurry to do so. To be honest, as as I prepared this message, I was surprised to find as few resources as I did relating to this passage from Job. There was just not an abundance of sermon material or commentaries or other articles addressing this passage. This passage which tells us Today, also, my complaint is bitter. His hand is heavy in spite of my groaning. Oh, that I knew where I might find him, that I I might come even to his seat. Behold, I, I go forward, but he's not there. And backward, but I cannot perceive him. On the left hand, I seek him, but I can't behold him. And I I turn to the right hand, 
but I cannot see him. We're not in any hurry to, to spend this time with Job. Generally speaking, our faith is not as inclined as to, to spend much time with this man. We speak of good news, we speak of joy, we speak of praise, we speak of life abundant, of life eternal. We speak of new beginnings, the old passing away, and all things made new. And, and we are right and faithful to speak these words, and we are called to do that. Yet it may be we believe these words filling the vocabulary of our faith are not words making room for those words we speak as we spend time with Job. Other words such as suffering, grief, loss, and lamentation, and wondering why. It may be we see our faith functioning much like a, a sundial. Have you ever looked at a sundial and read what is inscribed on so many of these, these plates of a sundial? Count only the sunny hours? And it may be our faith abides by those same instructions at times. We, we count only the sunny hours. Now, if that's to be the shape and function of our faith, that it speaks only to happiness and to praise, that our faith opens its door only to occasions of celebration, that it extends invitations only to the smiling and the prosperous and the joy-filled, that it welcomes only the if-you're-happy-and-you-know-it crowd. If that's the shape of our faith, if that's the shape of the good news, then it's, it's really not good news. If the shape and direction of our faith is such that it has a word only for the blessed and the beatific, the comfortable and the cozy, then it's a faith having no word for a great multitude of people. It's a faith having no word for Job. And for those who are grateful for and identify with the life of Job. Many of you know I'm a great fan of the music of Frank Sinatra. In my opinion, there is no one with a voice like his and no one who could interpret a lyric like him, and no one more believable as a singer. Well, there's another singer whom we may know. She is named Carly Simon. And Carly Simon remembers growing up with great appreciation for the music of Frank Sinatra. I heard Carly Simon once speak to an interviewer of the heartbreak she so often knew during her teenage years. More than once, Carly Simon recalls, she would come home from some date brokenhearted, and with her tears flowing, Carly Simon would run up to her bedroom, and once there, she recalls, she would play a record of Frank Sinatra. Because, she said, no one understood her heartbreak like he did. Well, we hear what she is saying. There is power and there is comfort and there is healing we experience when we find the company of someone who has been where we are, someone who understands, someone who gets us. Carly Simon wanted to find herself in the company of the music of Frank Sinatra because she knew he got her. And I'm convinced this power and comfort and healing she found with Sinatra is power and healing and comfort we find as people of faith as we find ourselves in the company of Job. It may be we know those experiences which we believe no one gets but Job. They are experiences captured well in the poetry of a late poet named Anne Sexton. In a poem of hers, Sexton writes, For God, it seems, has turned his backside to us, giving us the dark negative, the death wing. 
No, we don't look for these experiences of faith and we may not welcome them. But having discovered that these experiences are not ours alone, having encountered the company of one such as Job, we may, may be more than grateful that these experiences are gathered within the story of our salvation. Because the experiences of Job are not just the experiences of Job, are they? Now, it's true. We may not have lost all Job lost. It's true we may not have served as an object of wager between God and his adversary. But we know those experiences in which we may have felt as if this was so, we know those experiences in which we have said, Behold, I, I go forward, but he's not there. And backward, but I cannot perceive him. On the left hand, I seek him, but I can't behold him. I turn to the right hand, but I can't see him. Because these experiences find home within this salvation story as gathered within our scriptures, we are then able to know these words. It's good news. Good news because it does not exclude us. Good news because it includes us all within the story of God and His healing unconditionally. Because we notice Job is not excluded from the narrative of God's salvation. There's a place within God's record of saving history for Job and for those of us for whom Job speaks. In other words, God's salvation story is not just for the well-to-do, the fortunate, the carefree, the smiling, the happy. We spend time with Job and we notice God is not attentive only to the fortunate, carefree, pain-free. We spend time with this scripture and we see that God's story of salvation is a story embracing us all, even those such as Job and those to whom Job gives voice. And Job speaks for many of us, speaks for those of us who know loss, speaks of those, for those of us who find ourselves in dark places, speaks for those of us who believe ourselves faithful, still wondering, then why do I suffer? Speak to those of us who wonder why the righteous know loss. Speak to us who may wonder, is life, a life of faith worth it? He speaks to us who pray, who look, who seek, who knock, who ask, and still feel as if God is strangely distant. In other words, Job is our advocate, speaking on our behalf, giving voice to us and our experiences, which we may believe beyond the notice of God. Job says they're not beyond the notice of God. And while the story of Job may be unique, we do well to remember that his experience and the nature of his relationship with God isn't his alone. That is to say, there are others besides Job who wonder where God is to be found in the midst of life's darkness. Read the Psalms. Discover how many of these Psalms are Psalms of lamentation. Read the book of Lamentations. And spend some time with these words giving voice to the people of God in their darkest of days. Read the words of the prophet Jeremiah. Words accusing God of deceit and abandonment. Remember again the words of Jesus spoken from the cross. Words wondering where God has gone when he needs him most. No, Job is not alone in confessing that wherever he looks, he seems unable to find him. For the witness, for this witness of Job,
we give thanks. Thanks that Job and those like unto him gives voice to those experiences we discover aren't unique to us. We spend time with Job and find ourselves blessed to discover we're not alone in our suffering. There are others who say to us, I get it. And there are those who witness to assure us that God is not offended nor inattentive to our questions of faith. As Job does this, he assures us that God welcomes us all just as we are. That's why his story remains before us. You see, those who gathered our stories of faith, those who set these stories within Holy Scripture, could have chosen to leave out the story of Job. Many stories were left out. Not everything made it. But we notice, those who have gone before us in faith said, Job belongs in this story. Among the pages of Scripture, representing our relationship with God, giving voice to certain of our experiences with God, speaking for us, and offering to us this witness. God at no time and in no way turns us away. Neither life nor death nor any other thing can separate us from the love of God. And God is to be found, is not distant from any of the experiences of our lives. Amen. Appropriate to the witness of Job, we share the affirmation of faith that comes to us from Romans chapter 8. We stand and affirm our faith. We will remain standing as we share the passing of the peace and then gather with the singing of How Can I Keep from Singing? Let us stand. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? No. no. In all In things, things we are more than conquerors through the one who loved us. We are assured that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor things present nor things to come nor powers nor height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen. We welcome one another as we pass the peace of Christ and then we gather in singing.
Our ushers will come forward as we worship God with his tithes and our offerings. Let us pray. Lord, you give us every reason to sing. You bless us beyond measure. You assure us of your presence each and every day, and you give us songs in the night. We thank you for these gifts we receive from you, the opportunity to know you and worship you as we return these gifts to you, knowing that in your care they accomplish great things. For the sake of Christ our Lord, amen. Be seated and I invite us into a time of prayer. We know this time is the prayers of the people, a time in which I name various petitions of prayer. Our responses will differ slightly this morning. I will conclude each of our petitions with the words, This is our prayer. And I invite from you the response, Have mercy on your people, Lord. And I invite you to name those concerns you would also like to speak as we share in this time of prayer, and certainly as we remember our brothers and sisters who are still struggling with the aftermaths of Hurricane Michael. Let us pray.
Lord, we give you thanks for those who have gone before us in faith. We give you thanks for the witness of Job, a witness that welcomes, invites us, and assures us that you accept us unconditionally and in no way turn us away. We give you thanks knowing that you are a God who, who attends to us in all circumstances, a God who stands before us now and always, a God at the beginning of our days, a God there at the end of our days, a God providing for and sustaining, sustaining us every day in between. So Lord, assure us that now and always you are with us, that you visit us in this time of worship and you are just as close to us as we go from this place of worship. Never to let anything separate us from you and your love for us, revealed in Christ our Lord. Lord, this is our prayer. And Lord, hear us as we pray for the people of this congregation. This is our prayer. Lord, this is our prayer. Lord, hear us as we pray for those who suffer and to those in trouble. Lord, this is our prayer. Lord, this is our prayer. Hear us, Lord, as we pray for the concerns of this local community. Lord, this is our prayer. Hear us, Lord, as we pray for your world, its peoples, and its leaders. Lord, this is our prayer. Lord, this is our prayer. Lord, we pray for the world, for your church universal, for its leaders, its members, and its mission. Lord, this is our prayer. For Bishop Lewis, Janine Howard, the Ministries of First Church, General Conference. Lord, this is our prayer. Lord, hear our prayers spoken within the company of communion of saints, so great a cloud of witnesses, whose witness continues and is with us now as we pray as Christ has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. We share our closing hymn.
Amen. We go from this time and place of worship assured that God remembers us, never forgets us, and looks upon us night and day with love unconditional and unceasing. So we go now in peace as light unto all of God's people. In the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you. 